First John chapter five, verse 14. I'm going to read it and then we're going to make a confession. 514. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. How do you know he heard you? You felt like it? You had goosebumps? Holy Ghost came all over you and you shook? No, because he said so. If we know he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions we've asked of him. I want you to start off tonight by making a very bold confession. God answers my prayers. Now, you're, you're going to battle the devil over that. I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not here to boost up the devil or to, make, you know, to point at you, but the Bible says we fight the good fight of faith. It says the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. Listen, there's not a Christian on the planet that's not in a fight. There's prayer armor for the very simple reason Satan doesn't want you to pray and he doesn't want you to believe your prayers get answered. So let me say this again because I'm gonna, we're going to get into something in a minute. The Lord showed me years ago that one of the reasons people are constantly, and no condemnation if this is where you are, but I want you to learn to get out of this. Pastor, pray for me. Why do you want me to pray for you? Because God don't care about you? You don't get your prayers answered? The blood wasn't enough to get you in the presence of God? Folks, listen to me. All of those things are really a, a, in, in a babyhood uh, type of Christianity. The greatest prayer you ever got prayed and ever got answered was the day you got born again and you were a heathen. And he heard you and he's been answering your prayers ever since. Now, I mean, sometimes you've got to boldly, hey, devil, he answers my prayers. Because see, you're going to start praying and he's gonna, the devil's going to go, well, you know, you hadn't had a prayer answered and. In like a week or two or a month or a year. And he's going to try to discourage you that there's something wrong with you. Well, the Bible says resist him. How do you resist him? Well, Jesus talked to him. Now, you have to watch who you're around when you talk to the devil. Especially if you say, hey, Satan, make sure your spouse is not there. They might not. They don't have a frying pan in their hand. They don't think that. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you'd have to go. Hey, devil, God answers my prayers. God answers my prayers. Sometimes you've got to get the Bible out and go, he heard me. And you feel like he didn't hear you at all. He don't even care. How do you know? Because you're asking according to his will. There's another scripture in John 15. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be done for you. Well, let's don't, don't get hung up on if you abide in me. You're born again, aren't you? Amen. Are you in Christ? If any man is, Amen. come on, in Christ, say in Christ. Amen. I'm in Christ. If any man's in Christ, you're a new creation. You're a new kind of being that never existed before. So you got half that scripture whipped. You're already halfway there. If, any, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, well, how do you know it's in you? Well, pick it up and, and meditate on it and think about it and look at it and study it and pray in the Holy Ghost over it and then do like I just did and say, well, he said if I ask anything in his will, he hears me. Then I, this is his will. I know he heard me. Now, if that don't work, I'm going to show you 100% guarantee you'll know he hears you. Cuss. I said that because aren't we negative? God, I don't know if you heard me or not, darn it. Oh, Father, forgive me. You See, you, we're so negative. We know he heard that. Thank you for it. Aren't we like that? Isn't that funny? That anytime we do anything wrong, we're like, oh, God, I know you know about that. But he don't know all the, no, come on, come on, come on. And you have to say, you've got to say, he hears me. My prayers get answered. All of my prayers get answered. He cares about me. He answers my prayers. All right, now, now, now I'm talking tonight. 
Go to the book of Ephesians chapter one. I'm gonna talk tonight about praying for yourself and others. I called Justin. I was gonna preach on praying for others and I thought, you know what? Let's just throw the whole thing in there. Let's just talk about ourselves and others. Ephesians chapter one. Now, Paul is gonna pray for the church in Ephesus. Now, he wrote the book of Ephesus and he wrote to them about what Jesus did for them. Now, we're going to talk tonight about why it seems as though we, we don't really have a boldness in prayer. And the, the root of that is that you don't know what's yours. You don't know. You don't know what's yours, so, so you tremble. When I first got saved, you know, I, I didn't know all of this. I didn't know what was mine, and the devil would tell me, well, you're just a forgiven sinner. You know, uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted y'all to do the foundations class, because I want you to know the foundation, the basics, who you are in Christ, and, and being filled with the Holy All of those things are foundational. But tonight, we're going to go over another one of them. And in the book of Ephesians, now let me read this to you. Most people do not pray because they do not have confidence in their righteousness. Now, that's okay, but uh, you, you've got to study it, and you've got to learn who you are apart from how you feel. Okay. And they do not know what Jesus actually did for them at the cross. How do I know this? Because most people are looking for someone else to do their praying for them. And, and, uh, and I'm not here to condemn you or to criticize you, but it's amazing. And, and the next time we have someone wanting to turn in prayer request, don't, don't stop. Sometimes you can get an agreement, but I want you to get yourself to the place studying the word of God where you know that 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 he answers you. Amen. And you got to get there. You can't, you can't, you can't, our, our kids didn't stay on the bottle forever. You, you can't have a 10 year old walking through the mall with a bop, with a baby bottle. That's just, don't do that. Not to him or yourself. And there, and there's another one. Mama, when he's almost as big as you quit carrying him. Now, y'all have seen, y'all been in Publix in, or, or Winn-Dixie, I don't, I don't mean to, and the kid standing there, and he's got to weigh 50 pounds. Walk. That's why God gave you legs. You know, Hulk grabbed his hand and then towed him along, and, 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 and you know, he, it's okay when he's a little baby. Well, isn't that true of our Christianity. And I'm not here to tell you that if you need prayer and you're going to someone said, I need prayer, but I mean, 15 years, come on. It's really time. I think preachers keep people in a babyhood state because I think it gives them a job security. But how many of you women want 30, 40, 50 kids in the house all on a bottle and in, a, and in diapers? Ah, oh, no, one, maybe two. Come on, the house full of kids and diapers? I don't think so. Now, while I'm on the subject, I'm going to help you ladies out a minute. Pampers extends the time because they don't feel it. It does. I, I, I know I'm, I'm, I, you're going to call me a Georgia redneck right now. I get it. But the old cloth diapers... You, they'll quit peeing. They'll, they'll stop on their own. Never mind. I, that's nothing to do with my sermon, but I just thought I'd add that. Cloth diapers were wonderful, you know. Plus, you could wash them out and use them again, you know. Okay, never mind. Let's, let's get back in the spirit now. Book of Ephesians chapter 1 Paul is writing a letter to the, the church in Ephesus, and he's, he is going to lay out in the Word of God who they are and what Jesus did for them. But he's going to do one other thing. Even though he's writing the letter, he stops in, in his dialogue of what Jesus did for them, and he says, I, I don't cease to give thanks for you. 
And he's going to stop and tell them, not only am I writing a letter, which we call the Bible, but I'm going to stop and pray for you. Now, I said all of that because I want to say this. All of my Christian life, I have found out that just preaching to people is usually not enough. They, I don't mean that they're wrong-hearted. They don't. But I've had messages that I've heard and I'm like, whatever, you know, and then later all of a sudden I hear it and I go, how did I miss that? And so praying for people. And so the prayers that I'm going to read right now is a prayer that a woman named Judy prayed over me because I called her and asked her to. I had been studying, let me back up a minute and share something with you. When I got saved, there was so much I didn't understand. And I've, you've heard me say this many times. The, the term salvation confused me. How am, how am I saved? I, I had the concept that I was a forgiven sinner. In other words, you hear preachers and they talk about Jesus will forgive you. Well, but what happens if you do something stupid? Are you unforgiven? And, and the, the new birth, the being made right, I, was not, I didn't understand that. So, so even though I read my Bible, it, it appeared to me as there was places God was nice and there were places he was mean. And I couldn't handle, I didn't, I didn't know how, I thought, well, am I supposed to read the mean scriptures too? I don't like those scriptures. And I'm so, and so, so I didn't have a handle. The word salvation, um, my concept of salvation was a Billy Graham crusade. My grandparents would make me sit in front of the TV and watch Billy Graham preach. And then they would sing just as I am. And people would come forward and he'd start off, oh God, I'm a sinner. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and my idea was they went forward and asked God to forgive them. And, and because of that, I, something happened in me. I knew more than me being forgiven happened in me, but I, I couldn't explain it. I thought, well, this is more than being forgiven because I think about God all the time. I just think about Jesus all the time. I just want to go to church, read the Bible. So there has to be a little bit more to this. And so I, I, I studied and studied and studied. And even though I'm reading scriptures, they weren't making sense to me. Are you all out there? I mean, am I the only one in here that you just read something? I don't make any sense. I don't make any sense. And, and words like death, I thought death was physical and Jesus' resurrection was physical and all of those things. None of, so, so righteousness meant living right. I, so you understand, I didn't even know the definitions of words. And so I, I called this lady in Tulsa. She'd gone off to Ramah and I said, Judy, would you have everybody at Ramah pray the prayers in Ephesians over me? Well, she didn't. She prayed them herself. She, she, I thought that 300 students were praying for me because certainly, see, see the mindset? 300 people could get a hold of God. And she knew it didn't take but one. So she started praying these prayers over me. Now, I'm going to read the prayer, and then we're going to get into it, and I'm going to tell you what he showed me. Okay, are you all game? All right. Paul is going to pray for them, and in a minute, I'm going to pass out some prayers, uh, Ephesians 1 prayers for you to take home. It's not homework, it's for you. It's for you to pray this over yourself. And, um, and so I asked her to do that, so she did it, and then I'll get into a minute what she did. I, uh, I don't cease to pray for you and, and make mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, Jesus that the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your heart, not your physical eyes, but the eyes of your heart, would be enlightened or full of light so that you would know the hope that he called you to, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, and dominion, every name this name. Now, you know what that sounded like to me? A, a bunch of... Uh, 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 a humble, humble jumbo. 
It, it just didn't make any sense to me. But, but Kenneth Hagin had put in his book that him praying that prayer over himself, God began to open the word of God to him. Mark Hankins made the same statement that at the age of 17 years of age, he, he heard Brother Hagin say that he started praying these prayers over himself. And I think we'll all agree Mark Hankins got a little bit of a handle on the word of God right now. Amen. So having said that, um, when she prayed those prayers for me, um, uh, well, I don't uh, Father, help me with this because I want to do this right. Um, well, let, let, me, let me go over this. Um, f- let, let's read it again real slow and then we'll do this. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. A spirit of wisdom and revelation is, is in what God did in Jesus. What, what did God do when, he went, when Jesus went to the cross? And see, I, I didn't know this. Well, let me, let me, okay, I'm picking it up. All right. When she said that, when she prayed that, I got to back up and go back where I was. When she prayed that over me, I'm sitting on my couch at home. And I don't know how I saw what I saw. But I'm, my couch is facing the kitchen downstairs. We have a townhouse. The only thing in the, in the townhouse is, is a kitchen, a bathroom, and a, and a living room, and a dining room. Upstairs, three bedrooms. So it's an apartment complex. So I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm looking across the kitchen, and I saw the Spirit of God come through the wall. It looked like a wave. And, and I didn't know what it was. It just, you know, I'm just looking at this, and I thought, that's weird. And I saw it rolling in on me, and it hit me. And when it hit me, God the Holy Ghost said these words to me. Nobody goes to hell for sinning. And I went, what? (laughs) And then he quoted John 3.16. Go to John 3.16 with me. Hold your place here because you're going to come back. I don't want you to get away from Ephesians. I I just want you to do a little bit of bouncing with me now. John 3.16. Now, this is the first revelation I ever got of the Bible. And the Holy Ghost gave it to me in answer to that prayer. Isn't that cool? Say, that's cool. All right. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, he made this statement to me. He said the word life is not life like time. It's quality, not quantity. Life is the life of God. Have the life of, have everlasting life. Um, for God, look at this, did not send his son in the world to condemn it. The word con is with, the word dim is D-E-M-N. Just, just write the word damn in there. It's not a cuss word. That he did not send his son in the world to damn the world. That's different than the word judge, but the world through him would be saved. He that believes in him is not damned. Look at that. Isn't that cool? Now, now, now let's finish. Let me finish reading this. I'm going to show you another scripture. He who believes in him is not damned, but he that does not believe is damned already because he smokes dope, drinks beer, chases wild women or wild men because he has not believed in what the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation. Light came in the world, and men loved darkness rather than light. Their deeds were evil, and everyone who practices evil hates the light and does not come to the light, for his deeds would be exposed. Now, he, he read the Scripture to me. Holy Ghost gave me the Scripture, and, and I looked at it, and I went, and now, see, you got to understand, now, my sister, Robin, husband's dad is a Church of God preacher. So I had been to Church of God. I'd been to a church with holy rollers, and they did. They, they did. I mean, they rolled. They rolled and rolled and rolled and spun and jumped and rolled. And, you know, I sat and watched. I thought, well, okay, you know. Uh, the Bible says watch and pray. I was praying that I'd make it out alive, you know, just... But I'd never seen anything like that before. It didn't scare me. I wasn't a Christian when I went to a holy rolling church. But yet, the, the, the Pentecostals in my town believed that if you sin and die, you'll go to hell. So I immediately uh, had never, ever heard anybody make such a statement as that. 
not Kenneth Hagin, not anybody. Nobody goes to hell for sinning. In other words, let me ask you a question. Did Jesus die for everybody? Then if he paid the debt, can God legally send them to hell for sinning? He can't. I'm going to prove that to you. Already I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to prove something to you. It's the gospel that's never been preached, but I'm... But, we're talking about praying for yourself right now and other people. I'm talking about your relatives who kind of look at you like a dog in a new bowl. And you're kind of like, eh, you know what? I'm tired of talking to you. You need some prayer. Um, uh, let me get over there. 2 Corinthians so that you'll see I'm not just making all of this up. 2 Corinthians 5. Oh, I'm in first. I'm getting there. It's not like your phone. If anyone's in Christ, she's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things are new. All of this is of God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. And this is it. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing. Say it with me, not imputing. imputing. There are trespasses under them. So, so why is it he's not imputing trespasses? Because Jesus has already paid the debt. They're in the condition they're in because they don't know Jesus. We just read in John three sixteen. the only reason people don't come to Jesus, they don't want to stop sinning. Yep. That's right. Now, they may tell you, well, you know, I'm not. Well, they're not ready to make him Lord. They're wanting to get in under the wire after they live like hell for a while. That's really not a very good idea. So, so now go back to the book of Ephesians now. And, and let me, we're still on just, all we've done is just cover one verse. The knowledge of, of oh, go to Romans 4. Go to Romans 4. Let me, let me. So, so the Lord, this is the first thing he taught me about salvation. Of course, he told me the stories of the, the pig and the sheep and the, Stuff like that he t- during this time. But this was the first time he ever gave me scriptures. And then he showed me this one. Now, I want you to look at this. If, uh, Romans 4.25. He was delivered up because of offense and raised because of justification. Now, now don't lose that. I'm going to read 5.1. Having been justified by faith, you have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 25 says this. Now, now listen to what it says. When he went to the cross, he went in your place, didn't he? He took the damnation of all mankind. Did God accept it? How do we know? Raised him from the dead. All right, I'm going to make a statement. And every time I've ever made this, it always, people always kind of get upset at me a little bit. It is more scriptural for a Christian to wear a tombstone than a cross. Don't identify with his death for the old man. Identify with his resurrection. Now, I'll prove to you that the church does not identify with that. Because you walk up to 99, and I'm making these numbers up. It could be 98, I don't know. And say, there's none righteous, no, not one. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. And most Christians will correct you. Oh, no, there's none righteous, no, not one. They're still identifying with Jesus on the cross. Now, I don't have a quarter in my pocket. I'm sorry. I don't bring change out. But, but coins have two sides, heads and tails. Redemption has two sides. Once, if one side is gone, the quarter's no good. The silver dollar is no good. So the, the two-sided coin of redemption is not just his death, but his resurrection. And, and the, way, the way we know, we know he accepted it is because Jesus came back. If, now see, Jesus had to use his faith that God was going to bring him back. I mean, how would you like? I mean, y'all have trouble when he started asking you to tithe. How would you like to say, well, I want you to take a trip to hell for a little while, but don't worry, I'll get you back. You, now, that's a lot of faith. I mean, he's got to like God. 
Is there another way? I mean, he, well, I mean, in the garden, he's not. Listen, listen. In the garden, the nails were not the, the that, that, be, taking the sin of the world and, re, and receiving the damnation of all humanity in him. Him who knew no sin, you can't even fathom that, became sin. He, became, he didn't take sin. People say, he died for my sins. No, he didn't. It got quiet in this Baptist church. <laughs> you weren't a sinner. You were dead. <laughs> are, y'all, are y'all thinking? Get your head. Get, it get, get the cogs going. It wasn't because you smoked dope. It's because you were a dope. You know, in the Old Testament, we see, we, we see it on the ambulances. We see the snake on a pole. Jesus became sin. He identified with every wicked thing in the earth, and God poured it all on him. He didn't just put sin on him. He became it so that God could judge it leave it in the pit of hell, and then when God, when Jesus satisfied God, God raised him from the dead. He didn't just raise his body from the dead. He was dead in sin, and he got born again in hell just like you got born again. The same Holy Ghost went into hell, and Jesus was born again, and he came out of hell because he's full of God, and hell is the absence of God, and you can't be down in hell with full of God. So that's why if today you died and went to hell, you just walk around and leave. I'm going to show you something in a minute. And I want you to do something. And I'm not asking you to be goofy. Do this for you. Stop talking about when you die. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll never die. Why do you keep talking about the day you die? You are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, but yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I'm now living, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. So what happened when Jesus came up out of the region of the damned, he is the only man on the earth who's righteous. So in order for God to make you righteous, you had to, number one, be dead. You can't be married to another if you're still alive. That's why God let sin kill you. So that you could then come into Jesus and the minute your spirit dead hit his life, bam, you came alive. And your spirit, now y'all can't handle what I'm about to say. I'm I'm a Star Trek now. You can't handle this. When you say I'm filled with his spirit, his spirit and your spirit is only one spirit. When When you pray in tongues, who's praying? You or God? Both. Everybody say, I'm thinking. All right, now, uh, now, what Paul is doing is he's praying a prayer that you'll get what I just said. Now, I'm going to, now, I got relatives, distance, real distant, who are, and I'm not talking about yours. Talking about another one. <laughs> Ashley was talking to somebody the other day, and boy, they got on that sovereignty thing again. And I thought to myself, you know, bless his heart, he absolutely does not know what Jesus did. And, and that's what's, there's, that's the barrier, guys. I mean, he's, he's been to church all his life, he's born again, received Jesus, and he has no concept. All, he's like I was. He, he just thinks he's forgiven. And that's as deep as he's gone. In other words, he's been to the swimming pool, but it's ankle deep. He just ain't never been very deep. 
And, and we know people like this. Is why, that's why I named this praying for yourself and others because you might want to pray these for yourself. But I have found out it's very profitable to pray this prayer for, for other people, especially when you're talking to them and they're like, what? And I'm like, mm, prayer needed here. Now, are y'all okay? Because I'm, I just, I just unloaded all my Easter sermons on y'all. I just, we just had Easter minus the, the lilies. All right, back to Ephesians. Okay, are y'all okay? I'm, I'm still on one verse. Uh-huh. That it says that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you, now listen to what he said, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's what, what I just preached to you is what he said he wants you to know. Isn't that awesome? All right, now that's what he wrote in Ephesians. But when you're reading Ephesians now, you've got to start reading it in what happened to you in the spirit, not, it, oh, 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 I just, uh, just, just do yourself a big favor. Stop reading the cross as though everything there is physical. Well, he died physical. He was God in the flesh. So let me help you. He couldn't die. The reason you have to confess, I believe he died, because you can't believe he rose unless you believe he died. And he couldn't die because he's God incarnate. So he had to take sin into him in order for the sin to kill his spirit so his flesh could die. And the reason he doesn't have any blood in his body because the life is in the blood and his blood is on the altar for you. All right. Do you understand why Paul is praying that the Ephesians will get this? This mystery, Christianity begins when you understand the term in Christ. The Bible makes sense. That, that phrase unlocks the Bible. All right, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to unload another one on you. You ready? Jesus said, I have many things to say to you, but you're not able. Why? Well, they weren't born again. So he said, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost and he's going to teach you all things. Who taught Paul? Paul wasn't with Jesus. Holy Ghost. Paul finished the teachings of Jesus Christ. You won't get what I'm preaching in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John unless you're, he, he, he started touching it in John 14. So you, people who read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all the time, they, they go through life having absolutely no idea what Jesus did. It doesn't mean they don't love God and don't go to heaven. But they get there and go, I like something Mark Hankins said. He says, uh, when you die, it should not be the first time you go there. All right, never mind. I'm having fun. How am I doing? Ooh, I- I'm-, I'm only on point one. I have six points. We might be here all night. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding say heart. Heart is not just your spirit. It's actually your spirit and your soul. Or, you know, some people say it's just your soul. But in other words, it, there's, a, there's a part of you, which, which is your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, that needs to be flooded with light. In other words, you need to have a, oh, 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 my God. He, I, oh, I see that. Oh. We're one. Oh, and many of you have had those moments. You're sitting in church and the Holy Ghost says something. You're like, oh, so he's praying that your, your soul will come into the light or knowledge or truth of redemption, not your brain. I read the Bible with my brain and didn't get anything. As a matter of fact, when I went to Raymond, Kenneth Hagin said, a lot of theologians aren't even born again, and yet they study the Bible all the time. 
That's why sometimes you can get it over in the Jews and people, they read the Bible, 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 and they don't understand anything it says. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something right now. It's just really terrible. It's a terrible thing to say, but I'm going to say it. It's just terrible. I always get in my Facebook some Jew telling me that if I really want to understand the Bible, I've got to learn it from a Jew who knows Hebrew. And I want to write back and go, no, I need to read it from a Christian who knows Holy Ghost. Because just because you know Hebrew don't mean squat. I mean, I love Jews, but that don't make you, 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 we're not 99% and they're a hundred. I'm, I love Jews, but I don't think so. That'll help y'all because they're always trying to sell you something. One more time. Jews are always trying to sell you something inflated. And I ain't talking about inner tubes. Now I'm talking about it's, they want more for it than it's worth. When you go to Israel with Lisa, let me just tell you something. When you go into the shops, take her with you. $200 is really, is really 30. She had this poor, was it an Arab or a Jew? Which one was it? Was it? Oh, he followed Lisa around. He said, hey, you know, and he's talking to her. And she goes, no, I'll give you 25. He goes, oh, that's a $200. She goes, oh, you know better than that. And you finally ended up buying it for about $35. Is that right? Shekels. Oh, 3,000 shekels. Whatever it was. It was like actually 1,800 American dollars. 1,800. What'd you get it for? 300. And when she left, he's like, she's more Jewish than me. <laughs> well, no, she's actually more mafia than he was. You know? <laughs> well, um, Carmen Chandler, who was Italian, he, he told Lisa one time, he told us, he said, always offend them. You're going to buy something from somebody. Start so low, you offend them. <laughs> and then walk away. And then walk away. Just walk away. You don't know what you can get it for until you start low. I mean real low. How am I doing? Is that about right? That's about right, right there, I'm telling you. Y'all remember Carmen Chandler, don't you? Yeah, okay. All right, we, we, we got to get back in the Word. I'm back over here on the... Um, that he would get... That the eyes of your heart would be full of light so that you'll know what is the hope of his calling. Now, 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 go to, now hold your place here and go to Hebrews chapter 2. And I'm, I'm hoping I can get through this tonight. I may have to do a little skipping around. Hebrews 2, and I want to read this one to you at least. 2.14. Insomuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death and release those who through fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. In other words, uh, there, it, there has to be a hope that when you die, you're going to heaven. It's, it can't just be here. Jesus is good. There has to be a hereafter. And he had to have not only fixed your sins and, and made you righteous, but he had to take care of forever because you're going to do the same thing Jesus did. You're going to die. Amen. And I have all these people that come to me and they're scared of dying. And I'm going, when you get to Israel, what if you die? I went, okay. I'm, I don't know why that seems to be a big deal to everybody. Never mind. Nobody there is begging to come back. <laughs> I don't know how you thought about that. But anyway, go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's do this one. So there is a hope, and he wants you to know there's a hope. Come on, if there's no hope. I mean, how many of y'all have had days that you just went, I am so glad. You know, I had a dentist that did something to my teeth. And I thought, I'm glad this is not my last set. You, 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 I mean, you can't just get your teeth back. Well, you can. Someday when you get to heaven, I go, they're looking pretty good. I have my hair and everything. 
Some of y'all do not appreciate my humor. First Peter chapter one, verse, verse four, I said, it says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So, so, I mean, you have an inheritance. Think about that. I know this sounds crazy, but everything that belongs to Jesus is yours. I know you have a hard time thinking about being married to Donald Trump, but what's his wife's name again? Melania. Melania. I want to call her Ivanka, but that's the daughter, right? It really, so, so for the sake of, of, of church in a story, it really doesn't matter how much money Melania had. When she married Donald, it's irrelevant. Your worth is really irrelevant. What you need to know is what he's worth. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hill. I mean, he thinks Trump's poor. And that's our inheritance. And we're going, woo, this is awesome. So, So Paul is praying that you'll grasp not only what, by faith what's yours, but the hope of what's going to happen to you even in the future. It used to be we preached on when we all get to heaven a lot, we stopped doing it because everybody got so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Now they're so earthly minded, they're no heavenly good. So, so sometimes it, we do need to get excited about the fact that one glad morning when this life is over, I will fly away. I know that I don't do very good. But God likes it. And it does sound good in the shower. It really does. <laughs> Not that y'all would ever know that. That's right. Mrs. Green next door used to listen to me sing in the shower because I always had the window open and she'd be doing her laundry. She was like one of these people that hung it on a line outside. And she'd be out there hollering, amen, amen. And I'm thinking, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Listening to me singing in the shower. But... I'm glad that's all I was doing in that singing and just singing and not, not, not raising cane or nothing. All right, let's go back to Ephesians because I want to I wanna read something to you. It says, uh, it says, verse 19, and what is the greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Now, I don't have time to get into this tonight, but I want you to think about this. According to his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. What, what kind of power do you think that was? My God, that's the greatest display. Now listen to what I'm going to say. That's the greatest display of power greater than making the earth. Because not only did he raise Jesus from the dead, he raised every man that would ever be born from the dead in one day. And then he says, according to the power working in you. See, we, we run around going, greater is he that is in me. We're not talking about a BB. You're talking about an atom bomb. You're talking about a lot more power than the average Christian has ever experienced. That power raised you from the dead. You got born again, it raised you from the dead. And he's praying that you'll grasp that it's still there. That you would have your prayers answered according to the power working in you. All right. Now, how's my doing for time? Oh, I still got a little bit of time. Now, I'm not gonna, I don't have time to get into this one, but I'm going to touch it. Far above principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is to come, and put all of hell under his feet and gave that authority to the church. That's incredible. Now, um, do y'all understand why it is that people appear defeated? It's really only a lack of knowledge. Not, not, not head knowledge, but spiritual knowledge. Kenneth Hagin said, when he started praying these prayers for himself, 
His whole Bible changed. The lady that day that prayed for me, that wasn't my last time of God showing me, but that day turned everything in my life. Think about that for a minute. I'm running around thinking, I mean, Satan's beating me that all I am is a forgiven sinner and I'm trying so hard not to ever do anything wrong and I'm living under condemnation. What happened to me? Well, once you realize that Jesus is righteous, Jesus has authority over all the work of the enemy. Jesus, there's no condemnation on Jesus, but now me and Jesus are one. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This generation, when we get it, we will do the works of Jesus. But you're not waiting on God. See, so many people walk in this church and they say these words. Man, we're just waiting on God. We're waiting on a move of God. Well, you're not. He's waiting on you to finally get who you are. So let's go back to Trump for a minute. What's his son's name? One of them. Baron. I want you to imagine Baron standing in a Salvation Army soup line. And you're driving up and you're going, is that Baron Trump? What's he doing? Handing out money? No, he's in the soup line. You're going, no, that's not Baron. No, it is. It's Baron Trump. He's in the soup line. And you say, Baron, what are you doing? Well, I'm hungry. What's, what's, what's the problem here? He don't know who he is. You see, the church today is sitting around with a cup. Yeah. And God is looking and going, Baron? What are you doing? I need healing. He, he's going, what? what? What did you say? I redeemed you from the curse. Oh, I know, but God, but I. Listen, the, 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 do y'all see how important this is? All right, now I'm going to do something for us. I'll bring out my trusty journal. And this is my journal where I write all kinds of secret stuff in it. Um, I'm going to read now. But I want you, as I'm reading, I want you to let the words soak in because I'm going to read 1 Corinthians first. That's all. Just, just don't worry. Don't, don't open your Bible. Just sit and listen. And then I'm going to read Ephesians 1.17 in the Amplified. Then I'm going to read it in the Good News. And then I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. And then I'm going to read my confession um, that I gave to you. And then I'm going to pass it out. And maybe we'll all read it together. Now, now li- listen to this first. Are you ready? As it is written, I has not seen nor heard or ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of a man, the things God prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to you by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of that man except the spirit of that man in him? Even so, the things of God, no one knows except the Holy Ghost. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God that we might know. Say no. No. God wants you to know. Holy Ghost was given to you to know this. Not for Kenneth Copeland to know it. Not for Joyce to know it. Not for Pastor Darrell, but for you to know it. It's awesome. I got to stop right here and tell you something. When I first got, now I'm talking back when I was, young. You know the little cards you stick in the machine and it sucks it in and then you plug a bunch of numbers and it gives you money? The, did you know those, those machines used to intimidate me? Because I never could remember my number. They would give me a number and it, I, finally I, when they started letting me pick a number, I never forgot the number because I always, you know, pick something simple that I never going to, like my birthday or something. But I was always afraid I'd never see my card again. It's amazing how you can have all that money and you can't get to it because you don't know how to use a machine. 
you're a millionaire and going, what? Never mind. Just keep hanging around. You'll get it. That you might know the things that were freely given to you by God. Do you all want to know this? These things we speak, not in words that man's wisdom teaches because they don't know it, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. He compares spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Carnal Christians, they just blows right over their head. They're foolishness to them because he neither can know them because they're spiritually discerned or understood. Now, you're, you don't know everything you, you don't know right now everything you will know. Next year, you're going to go, oh, I learned so much. And the year after, there's line upon line, here a little, there a little. Now, I'm going to read this in the Amplified, and then we're going to read it again. For I always pray the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he would grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, insight into mysteries and secrets, the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so you can know and understand the hope that he's called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, the set-apart ones, so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power in you and for you because you're a believer. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength when he exerted in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand up in heaven, far above rule and authority, power, dominion, every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age, but the one to come, in the ages to come. And he put every bit of this under his feet and appointed him universal supreme head over the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who is everything complete and fills everything everywhere with himself. Sounds like I want to know that. Okay, let's read it again in that good news. I ask God the Father, the glorious Father, to give you the Spirit who is make you wise and reveal God to you so that you'll know him. I ask that your mind would be open to the light so that you will know what is the hope that he called you, how riches are the wonderful blessings of his promises to his people, and how very great is his power working in you because you're a believer. That power working in you is the same mighty strength that he used when he raised Christ from the dead and set him in his own right hand in the heavenly world. Christ rules there above all heavenly rulers, all authority, all power, all lords. And he has a title superior to all titles of authority in this world and the next one. And then God put all of that under Christ's feet, gave it to the church as supreme Lord over everything. Powerful. Has all that authority and gave it to the church so the church would rule over everything. That's powerful. Amen. All right. The completion of him who competes, who completes everything everywhere. All right. Now, I'm going to pass these out, but before I do, I'm going to read. This is the, this is the one that someone took it and put it in English. Yeah, start passing them out. Father God, I'm, we're going to do this together in a minute. I'm asking you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened so I can know the call of God and the inheritance that belongs to me and the authority I have as a believer. God, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you because I'm not seeing my inheritance clearly. I'm not walking in the light of it. I'm not enjoying my inheritance. The number one thing I need from you is a spirit of wisdom and revelation. What a prayer. What a powerful prayer. Now, he kind of took that prayer and un-King Jamesed it and kind of Americanized it. Now, I'm going to do another one here. It's very similar. Someone else wrote another one. Listen to this one. Father God, here's what I want from you. This sounds like it's straight out of Georgia. I want you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. So the eyes of my understanding will be full of light. I want to know the call of God in my life. The inheritance that belongs to me and the authority I've got as a believer. I thank you, Father, for helping me to see more clearly. My greatest need is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I want to thank you right now for opening my eyes. Does that sound like a prayer you could go? Yeah. Yeah, baby. All right. Now, does God need you to pray? Why don't you have this? because you ain't been asking him for it. Remember when you got born again, it was always yours. When did you get it? When you asked him. Some of you have waited a long time to get something free from God because nobody told you. 
Are y'all out there? You go home. And then you come walking into a church like this, tongue talking, devil chasing, holy rollers, and you're going, I've been hearing about them tongues. And people get up and go, I think I want that. Well, and some of y'all are getting kind of old. You might want to go ahead and jump in there right now. But see, you ain't never had it because you never asked him for it. You went to a church where they told you, that's the devil. It used to be God, and now the devil took it. Isn't that funny? Oh, boy, I thought that was funny. Y'all didn't even laugh. Ha, 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 ha. All right, how many of y'all still need one? I'm going to wait for you to get one before we do this. Art needs one. Did we have enough? Yeah. Yeah, good. All right, take this and put it in your Bible and say this. I will pray this prayer over myself and loved ones every day for 30 days. All right, let's do this. I want you to start praying this over yourself, and I want you to start. I'm going to tell you something. My lovely wife, I saw that there were things, because she made a statement one time. She says, you, you teach that you're Jesus. I don't agree with that. And I went, I don't teach I'm Jesus. And I knew that, that she had a good heart, but something in the message could have been the way I'm saying it. So I went in there and started praying these prayers, and, and the Holy Ghost showed Lisa this. And she went, oh, I get that. Don't, don't be embarrassed by that. I didn't get it either. Kenneth Hagin didn't get any of this until he started praying these prayers over himself. It changed his whole ministry. Isn't that amazing? If you need healing in your body, this is what you really need. If you're going through confusion, this is what you really need. Now, maybe if we get time, we'll go into Ephesians 3 prayer, where, which gets even deeper than this one. That you'd have a revelation of the love of God. Folks, that's, ooh, that's a whole Wednesday night and a half, right? All right, follow me. I'm going to try to go slow. I'm not going to go as slow as Georgians go, but I'm going to go slow. Father God, I'm asking you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened so I can know the call of God, the inheritance that belongs to me, and the authority I have as a believer. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, because I'm not seeing my inheritance clearly. I'm not walking in the light of it. I'm not enjoying my inheritance. The number one thing I need from you is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now let's do the next one. Father God, here's what I want from you. I want you to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God so that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. I want to know the call of God on my life, the inheritance that belongs to me, and the authority I have as a believer. Thank you, Father, for helping me see more clearly. My greatest need is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I thank you for opening my eyes. Isn't that awesome? All right, I'm going to read one more before we close. And I'm going to read this one out of the Message Bible. I ask that the God, our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, would make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. That your eyes focused and clear so you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. To grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life that he has for Christians. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. All of this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from the dead and set him on a throne in deep heaven. In charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all. And he has the final word on everything. And at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. 
The church, you see, it is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and which he fills everything with his presence. That's the same prayer in the, in the message Bible. So let me ask you a question. Has this helped you? Now, what I came here tonight to do was to give you a, an insight in to praying these prayers because there's a lot of things that you're hearing me preach, and I want you to all. You know, you're not, to, you're not supposed to live defeated. Jesus finished all of your redemption. But, but what, what it is, it's a lack of revealed knowledge or light in your soul. And I want you to pray these so that God will say them to you the way you hear. The only one I know that can talk to you the way you hear is God. That's why he had a different story for every person he met because he knew the woman at the well would understand his story. He understood the farmers would understand his story. He's going to show you this stuff. And then you're going to go, whoa, this is awesome. Amen. Amen. Now, one more thing. When we're talking to relatives and you're going, what is it you're not getting? And you've had those. All right. Don't keep browbeating them with the Bible. Go get off alone and put their name in here. Father, I pray for Uncle Joe. I had a a man one day, I was driving down the road, and he was on the radio criticizing, speaking in tongues. And I said, he's an idiot. And God said, why don't you shut up and pray for him? I went, yeah, oh. Y'all get it? God loves the guy. I was being a jerk. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate you saying that right in front of everybody. (laughs) But God loves him, and and God wants him to know this. And so from then on, I quit. When I hear someone say stuff, I go, boy. And then Lisa and I've heard her in there just praying these prayers over people, just walking through the house, and I hear her praying. She prays Ephesians 3 prayer way more often, but, you know, that, that one is very good also. But, you know, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I pray that, that, that uh, Justin and Joshua, Justin and Jordan, their heart would be full of light. They'd know the hope that he called them, the riches of the of inheritance that God has for my sons that he gave them in Christ. That, that they would have a revelation of the power that's in them that, was, that raised Jesus from the dead as they walked through this planet. You know, just praying that over your family strengthens them in their spirit. Even See, they're under attack. The devil's your enemy, not your relatives. I know it doesn't appear that way. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. I, anyway, I could go on and preach all night. But I've, I've sat at lunch with pastors and heard them say things, and I'm like, oh, that's not really right. And on the way out, I just, I got this um, from Mark Hankins. Next time he comes, get one off his table. He has the Ephesians 1.17 prayer on one side and the Ephesians 3.14 prayer on the other. And so I keep that stuck in my Bible, and then I just put your name in it. I pray the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give Diane Vanilla the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And then she'll come back next week so on fire for God. And we'll see her take off running through the church and we'll go, woo, it worked. Bang, 815. Miracle. Everybody say, that was good. Father God, thank you. It was good. It's the word of God. Father, I want to thank you then right now that, that what we've said here tonight, this is a, this is a powerful message. I didn't, I didn't come up with it. I heard this from someone else myself. But it's a powerful truth that all of us in this room need to stay on this. 
because we're entering a time when we need to have real good revelation of what Jesus did for us and our families. And knowing how to pray for them is really helpful because sometimes we're at a loss for words. And I thank you, Father, for helping everybody here tonight as they pray this to come into a greater revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.